0: Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Brooke James. I am one of the pastors here at Colonial, and I've got a few friends along with me today.
1: How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well Making it today It's a Monday Dude, it's a Monday It is Monday That's (laughs) Lauren and Tanner Hi guys
2: Hey man Dragging a little bit I know we had coffee together earlier this morning uh, And just feel like I didn't have any coffee Speak
1: for yourself, I'm still having coffee (laughs) Well, Tanner Tanner has the spigot open pretty much all
2: day. That's right. Brooke is the anti-coffee guy. I am anti-coffee. Uh, who, in fairness, is easily the healthiest of the three of us right now. And totally. You're down, you're down like, you said 18 pounds?
1: Yeah, something like that. It's kind of ridiculous. In a month and a half. Yeah. Like I, I I get a little frustrated about it, <laughs> although I'm like, I mean, fairness, I'm not doing any of the work. I'm the not weight. At that. So. Brooke is... The, Actively trying. I've had uh, lots of
2: bread, and I think that's way <laughs> off your diet. I have, I have not had any bread, like at all. I'm jealous. I'm, I'm. You just said it well, Tanner. I'm, I'm envious, but evidently not envious enough. Not to do anything like, about I'm, it? Not, like, not enough. Like, I'm kind of yeah. mad Can at. I get it. it. Kind of mad at Brooke about it.
1: <laughs> you know, like why can't I just get the and effects it, of what he's working fun, hard to it's do? It's so funny how
2: we think
0: about it. It's like, ah, oh, man, how come that didn't happen for me? Well, well I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't go to the gym. I don't, I don't run. I don't. Exercise, I don't eat right, I like to eat out. We like to eat a lot. I like to eat late at night.
1: Uh-huh. It's like all those things. But other
0: like, than all that, that yeah. come on. Like, other I mean, than other that, than that, why am I not healthier? That's like, right. Other than that,
1: I had a I mean, salad. How come I'm not healthy now? I'm just saying, whatever. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Just, <laughs> just jealous. It's kind of dumb. Why can't bread? Why can't Texas Roadhouse rolls be healthy? For oh food? my oh,
2: goodness, those are the best.
0: <sighs> only if the only if the, is that the is that the place that's with the butter, the, man. The, the butter, the yeah. cinnamon butter or whatever.
1: <laughs> is
2: it cinnamon butter? It's just it's cinnamon butter or just so sugar. I don't know what it might just be filled with sugar. Dude, it's so good. Just crack. So so we were at Starbucks this morning, and um, I'll jump into this. Uh, LaDonna, who's one of my favorite baristas, mm. i gotten to know at Starbucks. She's super sweet. She comes out to me and Tanner's before you got there, Brooke, and she says, hey, just want you guys to know that our Starbucks policy has officially changed, and you don't have to wear a mask in the establishment. So you can come and go. The employees are still required, okay. as of now, to wear masks, but... Regardless of how you think, you know we Wait, should. So you're so you're not required as a like, as a like customer.
0: customer, just nobody in general. Nobody in general. So it's not about vaccinations or anything. It's just straight up. No, you no. Know, you have, you have to have wear to.
2: a V on your. If you've got if you've got the right jacket. Dude, if yeah. you got, what kind okay. of question is that? Like, I'm just how do curious. how do we know who got the vaccination? And who I know, didn't?
0: I know. I get that, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting. Like, <laughs> what did she say? Is this? Just no, like, she specifically
2: oh, we don't care. said customers don't have to wear masks. Okay, you come and go. The employees still do for however long you know they they are told to it's a national policy or international policy I guess for yeah. Starbucks mm. but customers at least in this region of the country she's not speaking I guess for everybody but I just thought that was and I, I guess they've been told to start communicating that they took their signs off the doors saying So they have the paper thing. signs on the door. They took those down.
1: They still have some signs up but Okay. well, she she missed she, miss, yeah. she
2: said she said we're taking the signs down. Yeah. But I just thought regardless of where you mm. are I can't believe I'm saying politically about <laughs> masks. Uh, just one small, like, pick me up this morning. A step like, for oh, mankind. Oh, it's a step It's a step back toward what we at least used to call normal, you know? Right. So, it's the um, old normal. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even... Please don't say new normal. Please don't say new normal. Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying. I'm I like just say saying. It, it was a bright spot of my morning. Yeah, and it was actually <laughs>
1: yeah. pretty cool that she just, like, she, like, left her station to come over and say, Hey, yeah. You know? Yeah. Greet you. I'm telling you, Good she's morning. super
2: sweet. She says she knows Ron too. She's that's cool. Yeah. Ron steps in there to get his bubble orders and she's always like,
1: where's Ron? That's funny.
0: I don't, I don't know anybody that works at Starbucks It's because you don't drink coffee. I know. I really struggle. I like, I made, I made my wife's coffee like twice in the last like two weeks <laughs> as I don't, I don't, I had no idea what I was doing. She and then was like, she had to fix then it. Put yeah.
2: this here. And I'm like, Why? Did she secretly, What do you do with it? Did you find out she dumped it and made her own? Yeah, she like she like threw it away. I was <laughs> like, eh, This was so good. Let's make different coffee.
0: Uh, I just wasn't feeling that one today. Uh-huh. I'd rather it iced, so yeah, I'm going to yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> uh, it did feel like a weekend, though. It felt like a, like, man, it just felt like, I don't know, like, is there something about this morning? Maybe I just didn't sleep well. I just woke I up know. this morning. I'm just dragging, like. Jennifer, you got to be tired. You're out my the My kids boat. were the same way. Yeah. Getting the
1: kids out of bed this morning trying to get them to school is just like it's always it's always this balance because like Friday night we a uh, Friday afternoon rather like we loaded we loaded up on the boat um and we took uh two of our friends, uh Josh and Abby with us and then Ella. We took, just took Ella, the the boys uh, stayed over at Caroline Wooten's house nice. because Easton has become best friends with their youngest son Cole. Oh, nice! And and it's just so, easier to have a little more
2: fun with the boat. Probably, it is. It is a little bit friends. easier.
1: Um, and Ella went. We took Ella specifically because we've been trying to be a little more intentional with Ella. Give her just some dedicated time. I'm sure she felt mm-hmm. special. Yeah, and so we did that. But it's always like this toss up because, because like, I really enjoy being out on our boat and fishing and doing that kind of stuff. But it's so much work. Like it's just it's a lot of work to get the boat ready, to make sure you have everything you need to be out on the water, um, mm-hmm. and then then come in, clean get everything cleaned back up, yeah. put the boat back in its spot. It's just a lot of work, and I didn't get done till like eleven o'clock that night. But mm. but part of that was because we caught some fish, and I had to clean them and get it all ready to go. But I liked your pictures. I was a course. little thrown <laughs> off
2: by the 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 buzz saw you were using <laughs> on the fish. Is it's that late. normal? Like I consider myself. You know, a wannabe <laughs> amateur fisherman. But you had, like, this electric Yeah, saw like, going. I had the,
1: you know, I had the, like, turkey carving. I was going to say, uh, is it like a uh, turkey carver? Like, turkey carving. Is that a common uh, tool for cleaning yeah, fish I mean, these days? Yeah. My
2: grandpa did well, not it's just for that it's that. just
1: Well, it's <laughs> just for, like, crappie and stuff like that. Like, okay. we just do some fillets. Maybe I'm it's easier to interests. do it that way. About as close as I, I get also to cleaning just don't fish really is, really like, taking
0: a shower after we swam. <laughs> That's it. I, I wash the fish water off of me, and the end. And then like, that the end. is a quote yeah. right there. Yep.
1: Cleaning fish. No, Done. yeah, we've got we we've been just gathering up some crappie so we can do a fish fry. Have some people over. Do that. Ooh, just say but when. Just say when. When. Uh, just yeah, and then sa- Saturday, I don't know something about just uh, something about Saturday. I don't remember exactly what I did Saturday. Maybe it's the rain or the it could be or the that, lack dude, of rain. I like. Don't it know. was
0: supposed to rain. Like it's literally, I was like, yesterday. What's uh, the day before? It was supposed to start like in the afternoon, and then and it was like, like every stop. hour yeah. it was supposed to rain <laughs> for like the next eight days. <laughs> And it's, like, sprinkled a couple of times. Yeah, it had, like, I don't know, pockets maybe, of maybe sunshine. Yeah, like, I, I feel don't know. like we're supposed to not do anything, and then it's sunny, and I'm
1: like, I just wasted all this time. It's also my allergies. My allergies really bothered me, so mm. I'm not feeling so great today. I do think that's a part of it for a lot of people because uh, – There's something that has bloomed this year yes. that has not done this in the last three or four years. No doubt. Mm. It's ridiculous. I've got
2: my poor Rachel, my daughter. Her face just blew
1: it up. swells like, up, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 It's not good, and I
2: know I'm. I'm just walking around sniffling all the time. Everybody, Mm -hmm. everybody I talk to has got allergy problems. It's weird lately. I don't know. Yeah,
0: it's good times. Well, so for those of you that are just tuning in to uh, the E6 podcast at Colonial Church, this is um, the life we're living right now. So we're pretty excited, obviously. So if you've decided to stick it around for the uh, first ten minutes of our um, excitement. Yeah. Positivity. Lovely
1: conversation.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I I, uh, I guarantee
2: you that some of our folks <clears throat> fast forward to, you know, minute 13 or whatever to get past the crazy, silly banter. Uh-huh. And then I've also talked to a handful of people like, what? That's my favorite part. You guys just being idiots together. So <laughs> we it probably, it probably are, we are works both ways. We are very good We at are that. very good
0: at being idiots together. I <laughs> it think just comes so naturally. It does. I think it really, <laughs> really does. All right. Um, Lauren, we haven't talked about this in a while. Uh, just because we kind of started off and we talked about it every week, but wh- why are we here? What's the point of the podcast? What's um, why
2: do we have this podcast? Why? What would you say you do here? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, let me start with what it's not. Uh, okay. I have resisted. I think I said this maybe even our first episode. It's not a math podcast. I have, it's not a. Thank you yeah. for that. It's definitely not a math podcast. Very few jokes. Uh, I have resisted for years as a past, as a long time vocational pastor. It always cracks me up when I drive by the church that has, and this is going to sound judgy. I know. I think I've said this before. Ooh. To drive by the church that has the church name and maybe the times you meet, but then right underneath that it says Doctor. Brooke, you know, James or something like that.
0: I had to finish college first because like, I got a long way to go okay, before example, I get that
2: title. Bad example. Your dad would like that though, probably. If um, I finished college or if I had a doctor you Dr. Brooke me. James. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, like I, I have, I've had some of my most judgmental moments when I just drive by a church and I see, okay, why does it matter that the pastor's name is on the, the front? That's like our cultural, that's our celebrity culture weirdness about even church, why does it matter that it says Dr. So-and-so? Why why does it matter? And then and then even worse, I would say, is when I find out that if, if I'll pick on you, if Brooke James is the senior pastor of this big church, next thing I know there's this www.brookejames.com, and, and that's what's being promoted at church and promoted through a podcast or things like that. The only part of that that I've come to understand and really need to humble myself and be okay with is you know, when you write a book or there's there's a little bit of marketing that goes into play for any author. Or like if you write some music, you know, yeah. Tanner,
1: yeah,
2: at some level it's not arrogance or look at me, look at me, look at me. It's 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 just trying to get your gift out to the world. Yeah,
1: well part of that part of that would be I would hope that any church I was a part of, if I wrote music, especially being like as a staff person or whatever, I would hope that they would wanna share some of that yes. stuff and yeah and to that know. point that's right well if
0: you if you ever do then we can if we'll i ever do talk, yeah. we'll <laughs> do, <yeah>. talk but
2: <laughs> to to your point that's where i that's where i'm wrong that's where that judgmentalism has come out sure so that's a long way of starting i i never thought we'd have a podcast because to me it falls under that category of you know what you know what the world needs you look, know guys, more you look, know the world me. needs more of me. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Bam. And that, how, that just doesn't seem very Christ-like. Having said that, I personally have enjoyed so much listening to different podcasts over the years. Specifically, I have really enjoyed listening to um, intellectual conversation or fun conversation or spiritual conversation or some combination of all those things in an unhurried format. Like we go to church and God forbid the sermon is longer than 32 minutes or 38 minutes or whatever. God forbid the service is longer than an hour or whatever. Every, Especially if the Cowboys game is about to kick off or, you know, we don't want to miss the lunch hour at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like everything just seems like it's got to fit in these little boxes. A podcast to me is another platform for us as pastors here at Colonial to cast vision about what we think the Lord is doing in our church to share what it means to us personally, to strive to follow Jesus faithfully in our current culture, um, and just an unhurried, longer conversation that that not everybody likes. Not everybody wants to sit down and listen to an hour, or, but a lot of people are driving. A lot of people have downtime at work. A lot of people just really enjoy. Uh, thank God they can listen to us at at a one and a half speed or, or sort of things like <laughs> yeah. that. That's what I do. We um, talk. We it seems
0: so slow. Sorry when when, when it's not. Yes, when it like what like normal speed? I'm like does. oh my gosh.
2: Like are we really that slow? Like come <laughs> I know right. <laughs> no, I listen I, when I listen back to our podcast episodes and when I listen to other episodes, I'm almost almost always at one and a half speed. So to your point, I think you're at double speed, Brooke, because your brain is sometimes bigger. Oh, is that is that it? Yeah, that's so. what it is. That's what it is, Doctor James. Yep, um, Doctor James. Um, so. That's a long way of saying, maybe in a different way than I've said in the past, this is just a different platform for us to have an unhurried conversation about our love for Jesus, our love for the church, our struggle uh, to live this out faithfully in our current you know, in culture and environment, and, uh, and also a, a chance for us to have different guests. We've had, a, we've had several different interviews in our first 20 episodes. Yeah. We've had a few different guests. We've had a few different pastors join us, and I hope we can do more and more of that. Um, that's my heart. Do you have any other thoughts that I've missed, Tanner, and what you hope this podcast provides for people?
1: No, I mean, I think it's just a. Uh, sometimes it's a peek behind the curtain, but I think more often than not, it it keeps me, it keeps me in this rhythm of, um, I don't know, spiritually seeking, spiritually having conversation that 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 fuels that fuels my 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 mind and my mental space, and it's if the the more I the more I, I I don't know if this is the right word, the more I abdicate in, like, spiritual conversation, the less I see spiritual action kind of happen in my life or manifested in my life. So for me, it's another way of connecting and um, even reminding myself, like, why I even do Mm. some of the things that I do. The more you, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, the more you seek God, the less... Um, ungodly things seem attractive. Mm. It's just the way. It's just the way spiritual maturity works. And so, the so more I seek conversation around God-centered mm. things, the 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 more I want God-centered things, and the less that I want ungodly things in my life. So, part of this, even for me, is um, a way of uh, kind of exhaling that mm. you know. Um, I listen to podcasts, um, and when I have reached the end of the line of their bank of episodes that they have, I get like, ugh, now I need another podcast. (laughs) And so um, it's just one way—podcasts to me have become one way that I can maintain, Mm. I guess, that spiritual growth um, or really just like that seeking for more spiritual input um, so that my whole life is— that way. I there, love you
2: know. that. Uh, I'm not knocking it when I say this. I love that you took it down a different path of what you enjoy about making the podcast happen, yeah. about doing the podcast, the three of us and with other people. Um, I was thinking initially of what this provides for other people. Yeah. But man, you just, you got my heart skipping a beat because I look forward to this for me. Right. I look forward to processing with you guys. I look forward to the interviews and conversations we've had with other people uh, there's something about just seeking. I, I love how you put that. I love how you put that. Just seeking godly things and and wrestling hard with with what we hear the Lord saying. Um, and as weird as it is, last thing we ever want to come off is arrogant. But to do it in front of people, I think is part of our ministry. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's yeah. There's room for misspeaking. There's room for just yeah. vulnerability in a way that. Sure. You know, you don't really get in in sixty minutes, 60, 75 minutes on on a Sunday. You can get here. I love that unhurried the the idea of this being an unhurried conversation, even though, even though I make you hurry even sometimes. though you make make us hurry. <laughs> it's good though. <laughs> Lauren and I could talk for three hours. Uh, someday, Brooke,
2: someday I'm just not gonna show up, and I'm gonna. Just, oh, that just gonna would see be what happens.
1: Please don't do that. <laughs> what if
2: Brooke just never cut us off? Just to see, just an experiment, just oh, to man. see how long we would go. People mm. do not need that. Nope. <laughs> it's good for nobody.
0: <laughs> okay, so you talked about the radical minimums. Those were, uh, it was kind of a refresher. Mm-hmm. We've we've talked about those several times from the stage, but uh, uh, even you and I were talking yesterday morning, Lauren, about um, needing to talk about those even more often. But um, can can you run through... The uh, the radical minimums as I drag yeah. drag this out a run, little bit run, because I didn't tell you yeah. from run, memory. Go so
1: run yeah run through run through them. But <laughs> but what I want you to what I, what I would love even as you even as you rattle those off for us, they're called radical minimums. Can you clarify for us again? Like radi- this idea of radical minimums. Like these what. It's what do you mean, like, it's almost do you like mean by that?
0: It's
2: it's just a title that we don't really right. dive into. What do you
1: mean by radical minimum? Before uh, you ra- before you before you share what they that's are. That's a
2: great question. I, I think I think in some way the first place I go to is core values. Yeah. Um, but I think this is our attempt to use this terminology radical minimum, is our attempt to elevate them even beyond that. Because one, it's a minimum. It's like, well, well, yeah. Like, of course, there's not a, wouldn't it be great if it's a, well, of course mentality. It's a minimum. Uh, and then radical goes right along with that in the sense that this is not normal. Radical means way beyond radical means extraordinary, uh, which to me is the way of Jesus. The way of mm-hmm. Jesus is not niceties. It's radical. Uh, it's not, you know, just toe in the line, the status quo. It's way beyond. So, in that regard, we could have made, I joked about it yesterday from the stage, you know, we could have made this 27 things or 43 right. things, or uh, you can find a lot of things from scripture. But we just really wanted to land on a handful that we could just very concretely grab a hold of and say, if we're doing these things, at a minimum, we are being radical. We are living differently from the world, faithfully following Jesus, and amazing things are going to come from this. So that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you mean to walk through these? Yeah. We've got um, five radical minimums. Uh, I'm going to rattle them off once, and then I'll just walk through them very briefly. Uh, listening intently. to be listeners. Training deliberately. Giving sacrificially. Sharing boldly and engaging purposefully. Listening intently, training deliberately, giving sacrificially, sharing boldly, and engaging purposefully. Uh, all five of these get my heart skipping a beat for different reasons. The listening intently, just it's a very different posture, different from the world. We all want to talk. We don't want to listen. It's this posture of approaching God specifically, uh, humbly and expectantly. Uh, What are you saying, God, and what do you want me to do about it? Every day, just if if, I don't know about our listeners or you two guys, but for me, my days are radically different. If I start with that posture, Mm. if I'm operating out of that posture in the midst of my busyness, God, what are you saying to me today? And what do you want me to do about it? It makes me open my Bible. It makes me listen better to the people around me. It makes me find some quiet space, listening intently. Uh, Secondly, training deliberately it's It's just our hope as a church is that we're being really intentional about how we're learning from somebody very purposefully, and that we're pouring into investing in somebody very purposefully. Uh, I love how Dallas Willard says that everybody is being trained, discipled, by someone. Christians, non-Christians, deliberate, un you know, accidental everybody's learning how to live this life from somebody. Maybe it's your parent, maybe it's your, your mentor, maybe it's a coach or a teacher or a friend. And we want to do this really deliberately, uh, specifically when it comes to spiritual growth. Uh, giving sacrificially, uh, we talked pretty boldly about that yesterday. Uh, we sacrificially give to our family and to our faith family. It's just, you know, if we have a scarcity mindset, uh, which we've talked about, at Colonial, the last couple of years, then we're never going to give sacrificially. We're going to give until it barely hurts, and then we're going to stop. But if we have a mindset that God owns it all anyway, that God is the great provider, that He's going to take care of us, if He takes care of the lilies in the field, He's going to take care of us. If His eyes on the sparrow, He loves us even more. Uh, if He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the psalmist says, I don't have to worry about running out, which drives me to give until it hurts and then give some more and give some more and give some more and and live with my palms open. And, uh, I really believe talk about radical, right? The few people in my life that I see living like that by far are my favorite people. And Mm. by far are the happiest people I know. Mm. Um, so giving (laughs) sacrificially sharing boldly, uh, just, it's about sharing our story and praying over people. It's about being bold with words to share what God's doing in our lives and to, to share where we're coming from and what we're hoping for and to share about Jesus. Uh, and so we want to create a storytelling culture here at our church. Uh, I think we got to be really intentional about that, but man, if we're doing that individually, that's downright radical, especially in a culture where we don't want to, we want to push our stuff on people and we don't want to offend to share boldly. Uh, our stories is important. And then finally, engaging purposefully. And as a, uh, just as a connector creative from the five voices we've talked about, as an ENFP from the Myers-Briggs, as just this relationally wired uh, person, this just really gets me going. Uh, but I think at some level, all of us should be doing this, engaging purposefully over food, over drink, over a shared activity, pursuing people life is meant to be about people. And so, man, if we're all doing those things, I just think the gospel is shared. God is made much of, we grow, uh, life is good. I really believe that five radical minimums. We don't talk about it enough. We've, we've come up with these, the last couple of years, we're trying to put them in front of our people better like we did yesterday, but, uh, we've got to do a better job of just Holding this in front of our people for sure. Mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope our folks are talking about it and, and uh, wrestle, especially in our groups. I hope you guys in your groups are even asking your leaders, hey, let's wrestle with the five radical minimums. Let's talk about how we're doing in those areas. I think that'd be a really good thing.
1: Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'll be honest. I, I love I love the radical minimums. I love I love what they are leading us toward um even just the the questions that they pose like are you doing these things kind of thing um but it felt it feels a little bit like yesterday was kind of a rekindling of of those for us as a church I mean we 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 wrestled with those things uh shortly really shortly after you got here Lauren as our lead pastor uh stepped into a rhythm of um uh vision and clarity on on where we wanted to go uh where where we felt like God was leading us as a church um and then these very quickly these radical minimums came to the surface based on some work that we did pretty hard with vision stuff and then you know pandemic and all kinds of different things um tend to put us in reaction mode um and so yesterday kind of felt like a uh maybe a spark that was um Needed for us um, as a community. I love around hearing, some of these hearing things, you say so. that
2: because I think I think that it's it's a spark we need coming out of the pandemic, um, coming into this. You know, we're well into the spring. I should say. Um, I'm glad to hear you say that, even as one of our leaders, to hear you say, "Ah,
1: I needed to hear that. We need to hear that." Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, love it. <coughs> yeah, it was. Just wanted
0: to recap those as, as something that that we we brought up yesterday, and I felt like that would be a, a good thing. So we we kicked off the Sermon on the Mount a couple of weeks now. Um, we talked about the Beatitudes and diving into salt and light, uh, and and the requirement uh, or not the requirement, but but basically the the call to to be that in the world. And so, um, tell us about the series. What are we uh, what are we shooting for here as we're going through the Sermon on the Mount and and this with this portion of
2: Scripture this week? Yeah, we're uh, three weeks in to our teaching series on Jesus' uh, easily most well-known teaching, most misunderstood teaching. Uh, it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I, I didn't say it yesterday, actually, to all of our people, but, man, I want to encourage all of our listeners, be reading the whole thing, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's not a long read, uh, but be deliberate. Uh, I hope you're really just repeatedly uh, listening to the Lord, listening to Jesus teach. It's gonna make our, our Sunday morning teachings that much more powerful. Uh, it's, uh, it's Jesus pulling his disciples aside uh, from this huge crowd on a side of a mountain and saying, hey, let me, let me clear up some things for you guys. Uh, we know that some of the crowd's eavesdropping. We know that it's not just his disciples listening, but he's teaching primarily his disciples, uh, hey, if you follow me, Life is going to be radically different. Back to that word radical. Mm. It's going to be crazy different. Uh, community, your idea of community is nothing like what I want for you. Community is going to be radically different if you will come under my gracious rule. And so that's the heart of of this very difficult teaching. Uh, we haven't even got into some of the hard parts yet. Mm. Uh, we, we started at the end to, right. to bring to mind um, just the way Jesus concludes it. Hey, are you, are you wise or are you a fool? Uh, I love that I've even been asked about if I'm a fool in different you know, comedic moments the last couple of weeks by people. Uh, but we started with that the end of chapter 7. We jumped back to the beginning the last couple of weeks in Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, and then yesterday these two metaphors of salt and light. Uh, and it's, it's about to get a lot harder, too. So it's been good. There, there are a couple things that I wanted to touch on Brooke, um, that I cut from my teaching. We had a shorter teaching time yesterday. So if you'll permit me one quick thing, uh, in Matthew five, at the end, he says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Mm. And this is the first time, this is fascinating to me. This is the first time in the gospel of Matthew that Jesus introduces this concept that God is your father. It's the first time, it's Matthew chapter five. We didn't read this in the first four chapters. It's the first time he's telling his disciples, your heavenly father, like as children of God, he is your father. That's a new concept in scripture. We don't read that in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We don't read that before. We, we see a lot of other times in the gospels, Jesus is talking about that. And we commonly today talk about God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. I just don't want to miss that beautiful moment that as far as we know, according to the Gospel of Matthew, is the first moment that Jesus introduces to his followers this special relationship they have with the God of the universe, that he's your Father.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, I just think that's way cool. That, that's a quick aside. Uh, other thing I wanted to, to try to be quick and point to is, is there's, there's a few things in this four-verse passage that we didn't talk about yesterday, uh, specifically just the impossibility factor. Uh, he says, you're the salt of the earth, but then he says, what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? And then down below, he says, you're the light of the world. Uh, but a city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. There's this impossibility factor that I also think is fascinating, fascinating because really salt can't lose its saltiness. I, I'm, I'm going to nerd out here for a moment. I'm not a chemical expert. (laughs) Uh, but sodium chloride, I read, is a stable compound. It, it literally cannot change. It cannot lose its saltiness. So Jesus is almost being sarcastic. Can, you know? What if the salt loses its saltiness? Well, think about any, have you ever experienced salt not being salty? <laughs> no, it, it, it can't lose it. Or, if you, or then he goes on to say, um, can a city on a hill be hidden? If, can you picture a city way up on a hill that all of a sudden is hidden? It cannot be hidden. Uh, would you ever light a lamp in your house? Uh, in the dark? Remember, they don't have electricity or anything. Would you light this lamp in your house and then cover it with a bowl? Like you would never do that. So he's literally speaking to the, to the, to the reality that this is impossible. You are the salt of the earth. You can't. If you really are my disciples, you're going to be different and you can't not be. You are the light of the world. If you're really my disciples, you can't not be. I found this quote in a commentary. Um, There's a, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi from late first century Israel, and he was asked a trick question. And his retort was, can salt lose its flavor? Like that's his sarcastic retort. He's saying it's impossible. And then he followed it up with, does the mule... Bear Young, and his his statement there is okay. Mules are sterile. Can a sterile mule have a baby? Can salt lose its flavor? Like it even it even affirms this reality of Jesus is is drawing on this proverbial truth of his day to say, I'm not saying worry about losing your saltiness. I'm not saying ooh you might not be you might lose the light. No, if you're my people. You're the salt, you're the light, and you cannot lose it.
1: Kind of just can't help
2: it. Can't help it. Mm. It's just going to come out of you. It's, it's, it's kind of like I, I, I go to the fruit of the spirit. Um, I should be able to rattle these off because I'm a pastor. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-faithfulness, uh, <laughs> self-control. I can never remember them all. Um, we don't work really hard to be those people. If we love Jesus and to your point tanner earlier if we're really pursuing him and and reading the scripture and just longing having this posture of listening it just comes out of us fruit happens it just mm-hmm. it just comes out of us and I think that's what he's saying here which we didn't talk about we read the whole passage there and I, and I didn't address that so I wanted to to address the the impossibility factor, he's saying in
0: there. So can I can I push back just a little bit? Not, Absolutely not. Brooke. Not that it's going to lose its saltiness, or that that I'll, you know, city on a hill, all the all that kind of stuff. I'm not not, I'm not to be confused Jesus.
1: with being salty, bro. That's right, being yeah.
0: salty. Yeah. All the flavors you chose that. <laughs> um, but what what about when we when we choose to to stick to our own tribes. Like, we, we get together, and if we're all salt, salt doesn't do a whole lot of good if it's just in a bag of salt, right? Light, if, you're just, if it's just a really bright room and you add another light to it, nothing changes. There's nothing there. It's not effective. So could we—not could we, not in the sense that, that you, you no longer can be salty anymore— but can we I guess maybe can we be can we not be effective mm, as
1: salt and light? i I think I think the question that's under what you're saying, uh while I get what you're trying to ask about like, can a bunch of Christians in a room together as Christians have an effect on a world that doesn't have the Christians, that needs the Christians in it? But I think that gets to a point of like if that's what you're doing, then are you actually my disciples? Like, that's the, that's the question that I So the So
0: the fruit is not a, well, I'm going to choose to be this specific fruit, but these are the things that, if you are following Christ, these are the things that come out of you. Yes. Yeah. Whether you want to or not, you, you don't get to choose. No.
2: Jesus even looked over at the fig tree, the dead fig tree, and said, how do you know if that's alive or dead? You know, mm-hmm. it's whether or not fruit's coming out of it. So we never want to we never want to slip into this legalistic you know comparing and measuring we, sure. that's our human condition that's our sin and at the same time jesus said I, I i can tell where your heart is by what's coming out i can tell whether or not you really trust me um, what's the old financial thing you don't want to see, you want to see where someone's heart is look at their checkbook register mm-hmm. i know that's an old reference tanner a checkbook Check- register Thank you. was this thing on paper <laughs> where you kept track of your checking account But in all seriousness, it is that that,
1: is that called reconciling your checkbook? Look at you, man! Yeah, and then read the history books, and then you
2: fax it to someone. What's (laughs) a fax? I don't know. (laughs) You know what? Fax, fax machines. You know what
1: I learned when I worked for Edward Jones? (laughs) Sorry, I got him in. (laughs) Look what you did! You You know what I learned when I worked? I used to work for Edward Jones (laughs) Uh
2: Investments as a financial advisor, and what I learned, and to this day, the fax machine is used every day in the financial market because it's still secure, like. You don't have to encrypt anything in an email. And although you can, you can fax something, you can fax a document and it can't be intercepted. It's, it's just a weird... But that's
0: like the only place, like everywhere else. Of course. No, you're right. And then it's no benefit I, to anyone because it's like, well, yeah, just fax that over to me. And I'm like, I don't even know where in town I could like pay someone to fax something to That you, is the right? irony.
2: Is it's not really used anywhere else.
0: Hang on, let me find my checkbook so just I can our, pay you to
2: fax this. Just in our financial world <laughs> with billions of dollars, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise we're right. We just don't use it. Anywhere. I don't live in that world. <laughs> How do we get on that subject? I, that's a Sorry. great question. Is 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 fruit? Fruit is really what matters. Um, and and
1: sure. and again, like if you have a room full of, or if you had, like, you said is a, is a bag full of salt doing any good with anything else? Well, no, because. The salt itself is not being yes. is not being added to other flavors, to other other things. And that's the same thing. Like yeah. That's where I tried to land at the end
2: of the message. I don't know if that was clear or not, but hey, we're supposed to gather together to to heal, to, to be trained up in the way to to live out our faith. But then we're supposed to go out. If if we collect all the salt in the bag, we're not do. We, we need to go out, yeah. you know, and and use the salt, spread the salt. If, if we've got this light and we're hiding it in a room, no, it's meant to be on a hill. It's meant to be on a stand. And so I think I think the passage speaks for itself in that Jesus is saying, you are supposed to go, go out, be the salt, be the light. Don't sit in the corner and be the salt the light. That does not make any sense, and, and it's if, impossible.
1: And if you're if you're not doing those things, maybe you're actually not salt. Mm.
0: It's yep. a bag. Of, it's a bag of sand.
1: Bag of sand. Yep. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> what else is there? What else did you not? Did you not get to talk about that you wanted? Those, those to? Those are the two things. I really someone someone before you talked too long.
2: Yeah, I don't know who that was. That was awful. Um, <laughs> oh, that was me. Oh wait, <laughs> at least in part. Oh wait. No, I really did enjoy <laughs> Jordan and Ron. Uh, Stepping up there with me and, and yep. getting to to share a little more. Yeah, revision. it was it was
1: cool. It was cool to see our uh, as a staff person of getting to be behind the scenes of just some some work that has been put into our discipleship pathway, um, and to see to see it kind of. Uh, we have this like language, this internal language of plan, you know, uh, provisional plan, promise. Um, three different this, kinds of language. Yeah, it's three different kinds of things. Where it's like you, provisional is like it's an idea, a plan is we're 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 working towards ec- trying to di- discover a plan, and then once the plan is in place, then it becomes a promise. Mm. It was kind of cool to see it become promise yesterday. Yes, That's well put. You know, it wasn't
2: yeah. just an idea we've tossed around or worked through as a staff. It's yeah. we're laying this out. We now have church. a plan,
1: and the plan is becoming promise because yeah. we're we're sharing with the church. This is what we're doing. Yep. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of cool to see a lot of those things kind of come to fruition. Uh it was it's kind of discouraging or well, disheartening a little bit to know that we have uh, forgive me I, I speak a little too clearly here. Uh it was kind of disheartening to know that like we have all the resources that we need mm-hmm. in the room, mm-hmm. but to know that we're missing so much. Yeah. Um to so for from from Ron's peace, being the guy who's the fuel for this, you know, discipleship pathway vehicle that we have, um, resources. To, to know, yeah, to know that we, like, just represented here, if, if we all did a specific amount of things, we could execute this really well. Oh, yeah. And to know that it's, to see the gap.
2: Yeah. yeah. What I hear you saying is, I trust, is it's both encouraging... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we have everything we, we need. We can do this. Yeah. And it's discouraging. Like, wait, we have everything we need and we don't have and we, it. And we know how. <laughs> Why don't we have it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah. that. That's, that's one of the challenges of leadership for sure. Uh, I do think, bluntly put, it's a spiritual maturity issue. You know, mm. uh, to whatever degree we individually have a scarcity mindset. And I'm thinking not just of money, but of, of the limited time we have. Uh, the limited emotional energy we have to whatever whatever we think we have a scarcity mindset, we're going to fall short. We're going to hold back, and I think as we grow in our ability to trust God, we we just open up the palms, and uh, it's beautiful. And my hope is not just specifically that our people will rise up and take risks and give more, but more importantly that they will mature. That we, including myself, will continue to grow and mature and increase our ability to trust him and watch him, even, even test him. It's the only place in Scripture God invites us to test him it's financially. That actually is really powerful. Yeah, you know, we, we read in parts of Scripture, don't test me, don't test God. Jesus said that to the devil in the middle of the desert. Ah, don't test God. And yet the Scripture says, I invite you to test me, give, and watch me take care of you. That's powerful. Yeah. That's really powerful. So, mm. we did have—I think we had a, a really good question yeah. that was submitted on yesterday's teaching.
0: Yeah, I wanted to let you you know, wrap up your thought there before I before I jump to that. But uh, <laughs> so, one of the things you you um, you mentioned as something that you left out um, is in is is towards the end of um, uh, of that section of salt and light. Uh, verse 16 says in the same way let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father And so we got a question about that that says and and I think we we read that I think we read that whole that whole chunk right yeah the, we the, did um, we did I'm pretty sure cuz I typed it out but that was a while ago uh, so the question says um, how do we reconcile Matthew 5:16 about letting your your good deeds shine out with other examples in Scripture telling us not to let people see our good deeds? Mm.
2: Fantastic question.
0: Thank you, I just, I just asked it. Yes,
2: I don't know who asked that, it was a great question. <laughs> First of all, it only tells us in one other place in Scripture to not let people see our good deeds. So I, I don't want to act like there's, oh, there's 13 other places where it says don't let other people see your good deeds. It actually only says that in one place. But the irony is it's literally a few lines later in this teaching from jesus in matthew 5 uh, verse 16 he says let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father and then just a few verses later the very beginning of matthew chapter 6 jesus says watch out don't do your good deeds publicly which I think, I just think, let that sit for a second. Like, that's funny. Jesus said, hey, let everybody see this so they'll praise your heavenly Father. Hey, don't Don't do it in public. Don't do it in public. So let's unpack that a little bit. It's important. Uh, In the beginning of Matthew chapter 6, same teaching, same crowd Jesus is talking to. He says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. He's literally talking about the heart. This is so important. Over and over and over again, Jesus distinguishes our idea of religion from relationship, our idea of checking all the boxes, doing all the right things, not doing all the wrong things. He distinguishes that from where is your heart? I want your heart. Your heart matters to me more than what you're wearing, where you're putting yourself, uh, what people are thinking of you. Your heart matters. And so, what he's calling out specifically in Matthew chapter six about not letting people see your good deeds, he says specifically, don't let them see your good deeds so that you're admired. Don't let you, them see your good deeds so they think you're all that. It's a motivation. Mm. In other words, he's calling out motivation. He's not calling out doing good deeds. He's literally saying, hey, if you're going to write a fat check to that that charity, don't let anybody know you did it. Because it's not... I care about your heart. Do it for the right reasons. Don't do it so they make a statue out of you. Don't do it so everybody goes, wow, that's amazing. Mm. That's different than I just want to love people really well. I want to serve people around me. I want to do the right things, not so they think I'm all that, But so they go, where's that coming from? Oh my goodness, God must be good. God must be real. Mm. That person loves Jesus. That must be what a life in Jesus looks like. It's tricky because I think we can jump on his words in chapter six and think, okay, everything I do that's really good, everything I do that's kind, that's generous, I need to be very discreet about it. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's just saying don't do it with the with the motivation to be admired, with the motivation to be thanked, with the motivation to be appreciated, uh, which we need to hear. We need to hear a lot. I, I think there's something really powerful about anonymous giving, about secretly serving. And all at the same time, we are called to be salt and light and do life in front of all these people every day, at work, at school. And he's saying, let that fruit just come out of you. Let those good deeds happen very naturally, as a result of your trust in me. So they'll go, oh my goodness, I want to know about this life you have. Mm-hmm. I want to know who is behind it. And we get to point to God. So it's very much distinguishing the heart. Um, I totally get, I love this question because it's, it's fair. It sounds like Jesus is contradicting himself. I'll, I'll give you two other references that I, I trust are helpful. Later in the book of Matthew, In Matthew 23, if you want to look it up, it literally is a place and time where Jesus is criticizing the religious leaders. And in Matthew 23, he says, don't follow their example. They don't practice what they teach. A few verses later, he says, everything they do is for show. That's what he's talking about. Don't don't do things for show. Uh, Actually live out what I want you to do. I mean, don't forget, in the same passage we read yesterday in, in church, Uh, do your good, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Well, earlier in that passage, he, he lifts up the the idea of humility. So he's not going to lift up the idea of humility and then say, Hey, make sure everybody gets a good look at all that good stuff you're doing. That's not his heart.
0: Well, I think that's the, that's the question, right? You know, at the end of, um, at the end of 16, so that everybody will, will, will praise your heavenly father. Like, so yeah. What you, like what's you said? Your what's your motivation? Why am I doing this? Am I doing this so that I'm yes drawing attention to to God, or can you can you really say that, or is it really that I want to know? You know, I think we've talked about that before in in instances when we thought about um, getting the news involved, right? You know, or or how do we how do we publicly talk about hey oh. something that the church is doing that is super beneficial for somebody maybe or, or whatever, but that it can easily come across as, Hey, check us out. Look what, look what our church is doing. And
2: that's a great example. Uh, We're flashing back to the last few Novembers. We've done that serve day with the whole church. We've gone to market street. We've, we put together hundreds of bags of food for, for families in need as the holidays are coming. And we have talked about that at length of that, that angst we have on one hand, Let's not tell anybody we're doing this. Let's not tell the news crew. We're not. Let's not wear our colonial shirts. Let's not make this. Ooh, look at us. We're amazing. Look how look how kind and generous we are. And then all at the same time, we want people coming and going at Market Street, and we want people sitting in front of a TV to go, "Wow, that is different." Hmm. Like I want to be like that. Well, I, if that's Christianity, I want some of that. Like yeah. so, and it's that angst we have. You could argue from, from this teaching from Jesus that we just simply need to go, okay, what's our motivation? Mm-hmm. If our motivation is to make much of Him, let's call the stinking news crew, and let's wear our shirts, and let's not even worry about it. Yeah. But I think, in fairness, I question my own motivation at times. Right, right, and that's what, that's and what so, I'm getting at. Is and it's so a, I'm it's like, a difficult yeah, question. Let's just err on the side of not calling the news yeah. crew. and Let's just err on the side of... And I've had people go, hey, you know, I love that you didn't call the news. But I think it's a, you know? it's a
0: broad question too like like you know well what's your motivation okay well ultimately I can justify this and say that my motivation is this but what is it in really? each little in each little thing that we're doing why do we do it this way why do we do yeah. it this way is there a better way to do this that yeah. still gets the job done but doesn't draw attention to yeah. us
2: or I think that's what that's where it it, it gets you know in deep. some weird way back to the podcast why do we do this if our motivation is to try to get a bunch of listeners and try to have you know a bunch of people think we're smart or funny or <laughs> any of that, then shame on us. I hear Jesus going, would you just stop that? Would you, would, you just, would you just cancel that? And if our motivation is genuinely to serve, if our motivation is genuinely to make much of Jesus and, and invite different voices to the ongoing conversation about, about following Jesus together, then let's not worry about someone misunderstanding our motives. Let's not worry about someone thinking we might. Have a different motive. Mm. Um,
1: that's where the rubber meets the road for me. Even with this passage, mm. I, I just think every, every, everywhere that I have seen in Scripture. Again, and I'm not a, you know, there's much more in Scripture I need to learn. But everywhere I have seen Jesus speaking directly about something, it's always calling us to live in tension between one and two, one one point and this point. And they all seem to be contradictory points, but it's living in that tension. Uh, I think it's healthy for us as, as as our human nature ends up pulling us to the flesh. It's always helpful for us to hear. It's natural for us to go, look how cool I am. Look how good I am. Look how giving I am. Look how gracious I am. Look how, how, how merciful I am. Uh, how thoughtful I am, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's human nature for that. That's fairly, honestly, it, that's fairly easy for us to do. It's not easy for us to go, I don't need any recognition for that. Uh, mm. It's not easy for us to just kind of do something and let nobody know we did it. So it's always, like, to me, it's really, really helpful that, like, what God wants of us is to be salt and light, is to be this example this city on the hill, so to speak, this light that's that's creating uh, uh, light out of darkness, but all at the same time checking ourselves, mm. uh, constantly looking at our, our ambition, like where is our ambition yes.
2: driving us? Because pride just, it raises just it's it's, it's ugly easy. Head it's not over and over again.
1: It's you. We don't have to be taught to be selfish. No. Like we just don't. Um. So that's where <clears throat> that's where this uh, passage kind of hits hits home for me is just in this this consistent checking the other the other part of it too, for me, is we we tend to disregard the work of the spirit in something like this. We think, okay, God's giving us a directive, or Jesus is giving us a directive here. and so we have to be really, really careful about how we go and do this, and sometimes we negate the fact that the Holy Spirit's job is to guide us to lead us. And he's going to make much of God. Like the Spirit of God is going to make much of God. We don't have to do that. So if we go and we do all these different things, as long as we're checking our motive, the Holy Spirit's going to do the work of the Holy Spirit. He's going to he's going to convict people. He's going to go, like, for instance, to use your example for uh, doing the grocery kind of kind of stuff, the Thanksgiving handout that we've done, partnering with unity church uh, last last season for this. um. He's going to, he's the Holy Spirit is going to take a person who sees that and he's going to go, that's God. Not that's the church, not that. But again, we can ruin those things by the way that we approach that as people. If colonial is all over the place, we've got signage everywhere, we've got all these different things that's pointing to the things that we're doing. We can jeopardize the work of the Holy Spirit in some of those things. We actually can. But, but, to, to do this with the heart of giving to people and meeting a need, bringing unity in our community, if we are going with those motivations, the Holy Spirit's going to make much of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to make much of God. Like, we can't negate the work of the Holy Spirit in some of those things. So it's a both and, man. It's just, um, yeah, you live, you, you, you live your life as an example, so in all the things that we do, we have to be living our lives in pursuit of Christ likeness. And Christ likeness is not selfish ambition. It's not needing recognition for for certain things. But it's also not going, well, I need recognition, therefore I'm not gonna do these things. Um we can't we can't negate the work of the Holy Spirit and some of the things that we're doing. So that's kind of my take on on some of that.
0: Yeah. So so it's all about the motivation. I like that. That's good. Um Yeah, so great, great question. Thank you for sending that in. Uh that was a that was a good one. Good mm-hmm. good way to think about the the end of that. And you know, as as you said, in contrast to some of, of some other things living intention of, you know, how do we how do we balance our our pride and and desire for recognition
1: and uh, you know the actual motivation behind it's- it. It's it's uh i heard a i heard a pastor uh talking about something along these lines uh when i was in worship school uh in 10,000 Fathers worship school it's this toxic growth mindset like uh mm-hmm. it, that that speaks a little to american culture uh like to climb the ladder so to speak i need to do xxx right. x, x, you know xyz to to climb the growth chart to climb the to climb the success chart a little bit that ladder so to speak so there's a little bit of a toxic growth mindset when it comes into into play, especially as we think about the way our Western uh, civilization thinks about church as a business, as an organization, rather than a movement of of God's people. There's a little bit of that I think that comes into play with some of our motivation uh, as Christians, rather than you know people who are just following the word of Jesus. Um, there, there's some of those something something there. I think that we as a as a culture, not just colonial, not just our community in Wichita Falls, um, at large, need to be wrestling with in light of coming out of the pandemic, kind of a reset for a lot of churches, um, thinking through this toxic growth mindset a little bit. Um, so I think there is something there to wrestle with when it comes to that mm. as well. But, mm. um, but I think that's the tension again that Jesus is uh, calling us into. That's cool. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pause our
0: salt and light conversation and, uh, and, and look towards next week. Lauren, what's, what's coming up next week. Are we going straight through and we're going to talk about the law next
2: week? We're going to talk a little bit about it. It's gonna be good. I'm, not, I'm not to
0: not to spoil
2: no anything. I don't like spoiling stuff. You know me by now. I know, but I don't it has, even, it has I don't even big, watch trailers. It has a big bold title in front of it. it Man, says, but nobody knows teaching that title. about the law. But who knows that <laughs> until you just said it? Nobody. All of the people that you've been telling to read it for the last three <laughs> I weeks. Know. Oh, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> I will. I will give you this teaser over the next four weeks. Wait, wait. Over the next five weeks, you're gonna hear from four different people. And I'm really excited about the different voices you're going to hear uh, speak to just our understanding of this difficult teaching from Jesus. And it's going to get harder. So on that note, man, be reading, be reading Matthew five, six, and seven. Be asking yourself, Lord, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to hear? And what do you want me to do about it? If we're all doing that, then this is it's going to be a rich, rich time to to plow through this this yeah. difficult teaching. And
0: if you're and if you're reading ahead, and and reading the whole thing daily or weekly as mm-hmm. we as we go through this then you know get those questions ready cuz we want to we want to be able to talk about some of those things too mm-hmm. so submit those questions com so we can uh, we can throw those in here too
2: and you know we haven't said this but there's nothing wrong with asking a question about something we haven't even gotten to yet because yeah. if anything that that even speaks into our preparation as teachers yeah you don't have to wait you don't have to wait don't you can but you don't have to for sure that's right
0: <laughs> Okay. Well, we'll pause the conversation here. We'll come back next week and uh, we'll talk about something that may or may not be teaching about the law, but we'll see. (laughs) Not to spoil anything. No spoiler (laughs) alerts here. So uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your questions. Send those in. We want to be able to include them. As I said, um, leave us a review. Tell your friends. Not because we want any more listeners, but specifically because we want to engage people with conversation and uh, make much of him. No, there's Absolutely. Right. Well put. Great. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.